Welcome to the soon-to-be award-winning Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Friday, March 4th day, 2022. Coming right up, it's the Book of Psalms, chapter 54 and 55. We'll be talking about today is maliciously arrogant people, and that goes for passive-aggressive people also, who will do or say anything as long as they see a benefit for themselves. Psalms 54 and 55 is about passive-aggressive people with no regard for others, and God always gives you a way out. This is just the greatest comfort. He is your comforter. First, please consider all anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. This podcast depends on God's provisions through you. You can get in touch with me at companionchapel at gmail.com. That's the email. Or you can help me out bringing this Bible teaching podcast to you every day. I have to go to the grocery store too at companionchapel.com. And let's get right down into it here. Psalms chapter 54 and verse 1. Save me, O God, by thy name, and judge me by thy strength. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. Save me, O God, by thy name. Sacred is thy name. That great prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, our Father who art in heaven, sacred is thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You have to acknowledge his name. You have to know his name and his Savior, his salvation ministry, Yeshua Messiah. That means the salvation of Yahweh, your loving Father, your heavenly Father. And judge me by thy strength. His strength is the word. Our Lord Jesus Christ, in the beginning, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He is your teacher, your rabbi, your master, your wonderful counselor. He is your comforter, and He is your strength. He is your rock. He is your only stability. And this strength has a symbol. It is the cross. The cross represents the truth. And the truth is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And the cross is the most powerful symbol in the universe. It will not compromise evil. When the Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples, take up the cross and follow me, that was even before he went up on the cross. So can you imagine what those guys were thinking? Like, what is he talking about? He's talking about this symbol of affliction, which means to be meek. And the word meek in the Hebrew is much different than in the English. The word meek in the Hebrew means to afflict yourself with self-discipline. Learning to say no to yourself in the face of all the vain curiosities that will come up to you and face you and tempt you in the ways and things of the world. Thy strength. Judge me, Father. I want back in the kingdom of heaven and we want to bring everybody with us. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. Always remember the book of Psalms is clear. It couldn't be more clear when it says, He or anybody that turns away their ear from hearing God's word, even their prayers will be an abomination to them. And how is this? I had some experience with this the other day. The most disturbing and upsetting visit from a church elder. Just absolute arrogant person. Didn't even show up with his Bible. Talking about their traditions. It's so sad that that church is so steeped in traditions. Their influence isn't God's word, God's instructions, God's strength, God's name. Their influence is traditions that have worked their way into the church, into the cult, to please each other. Like it was basically said to me, you either abide by our traditions or you're not welcome here. 
flat out. That's horrific. That's horrible. I pray for this church. I will be going back to this church. And I'm going back with the truth, with God's strength in his sacred name. For strangers are risen up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. They have set not God before them, Selah. They set their traditions before them, and the traditions of man outside of the Christianity circle, or the alleged Christianity circle, is an ambush of lies from the global media. Like, be careful. These oppressors will ambush you, as it's written in the book of Isaiah. Ambush you, and they'll woe unto those who build house unto house. Even the man of the house is useless at protecting his own household. Because all the kids, the whole household is just glued to a screen of deception. And our Lord Jesus Christ said, if you're not those who can kill the body, but those who can kill the soul, don't allow your soul to get corrupted with deception. There's a Selah here. This is David's peril. And this is when, when David was getting ratted off by the Ziphimans, who are just insolent men. Like they just saw an opportunity, somebody downtrodden. And they decide to jump on it. We're going to rat David off to Saul to see what's in it for us. Well, how can we benefit off this? We're going to get a big pat on the back from King Saul here for ratting out David. And we're probably going to get a bunch of gold bars and all kinds of stuff. And this David's peril and all these things happen, for an example, to us in the end times, as it's written in the book of Corinthians. All this can be applied to us in the here and now. There's a Selah here. That means thought link. So link this. Here's your way out. God always gives you a way out. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. Who's them? The many-membered body. Like, we always have to remember. Uh, Acts chapter 10, for example. Peter's vision of tolerance. Like, we don't look down on others or be patronizing to others who are biblically illiterate. But we watch them, we spot them, and we pray for them and try to help them. Worldwide, we're all part of the human family. But it's nice to surround yourself with the many-membered body. Like, just knowing that people that are biblically illiterate, they're still going to let you down. Like, don't put, don't put expectations on others. They're still going to let you down. But the thing is, they're going to let you down a little bit less than... than uh, hopefully a little bit less than just men of Belial, just lawless, reckless people. Like people create their own heartaches by putting expectations on others. And never underestimate the power of, of stupid people in groups. Okay, let's carry on here. Behold, God is my helper. Thank you, Lord. He shall reward evil unto my enemies. Cut them off from thy truth. That's the evil. That's the evil there. Because God is the judge. And he will impose judicial blindness on people through the spirit of slumber, the spirit of stupor, the spirit of strong delusion, as it's written, because of chronic disobedience, imaginative criticism against the word, and, and persistent unbelief. And that's why when you go into church, like I walk into a church, I've only been there for a couple months. And then I haven't been there for a couple months since then because I'm living out in the country with no electricity or running water. It's extremely difficult to get cleaned up and go to church and even get out of the laneway. It's actually impossible sometimes. But through their chronic disobedience of God's word because their traditions mean more to them. But, that, but also think like this. When you're trying to teach the Bible to somebody and they just, it just doesn't sink in at all. 
They just don't care. It's because they're so steeped in their own traditions of imaginative criticism. And it leads to their chronic disobedience. And it's a direct result of their persistent unbelief. They think they know better. They think they know what's written in the Bible, even though they're biblically illiterate. Like, it's not that hard to learn, but God will impose judicial blindness on people. He shall reward thine enemies with evil and cut them off from the truth. Okay, let's go to Revelation chapter 11 just for a quick minute. And we're going to talk about what this verse really means in an example from the Bible that has to do with the future and even right now. When we're talking about the two witnesses, and it said, If any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth, and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven, that it not rain in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them into blood and smite the earth with all the plagues as often as they will. What's being said here is when you follow the word fire through the Bible and through the book of Revelation, that fire means fury. And what it means is passionate, spirited, uncontrollable things that come out of your mouth. Like fire is the word that fire are the words that come out of your mouth. The tongue is a fire because of the fiery spirit that governs it and the destructive power it exercises. So what's being said here in Revelation chapter 11 is that, yeah, the truth won't rain down on you. As it's written, our victory song in Deuteronomy chapter 32, Deuteronomy chapter 32, our victory song talks about what this rain means. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew. As the small rain upon the tender herb, that's the new Christian. And as the showers upon the grass, that's us who mature. We need to be fed. That's what's talking about when God's saying, shall cut, shall reward evil to thy enemies and cut them off from thy truth. They just don't understand, and they don't want to understand. They're willing and ignorant. I will freely sacrifice unto thee. Psalms 54, verse 6 now. I will praise thy name, O Lord, for it is good. Because you want to. Not grudgingly. Not what's in it for me. Not thinking, I'm a Christian now. I all of a sudden got new inroads to business, and uh, life's going to be a cakewalk. No, it's not. You sacrifice freely your free will love. That's what God wants. That's all he wants. You just say, my heart belongs to you, my Lord Jesus Christ. Saturate me with your Holy Spirit. Cover me in your veil. Wrap me in your vesture. Hold my hand, please, so I can understand what's going on in the world today. Freely sacrifice. First, for he hath delivered me out of all trouble, and my eye and has seen his desire upon my enemies. You see their anxieties. They're scattered with confusion with uh, uncertainties, anxieties, and we don't like seeing that, but they perpetuate it. They perpetuate it hardcore through, through global growth, which we see now, the industrial society. It's all about growth in the economy, growth, more growth in spending, growth in investments, all based on the consumption of resources, and the consumption of resources is, is done by oppression to our human family, to people that are just being oppressed where the resources come from, to feed the greed of the people with obscene entitlement over others and over the planet. Let's go to Psalms 55. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Supplication means honest, earnest prayer. 
And for him to give you ear, you have to understand. You have to repent and you have to mean it. You get down on the floor and you cover your face and, and say your prayers and mean it. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. Well, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, it's bittersweet. It's like, here, Johnny boy, eat this up. Drive it into you. Be somebody. He takes the little book and he digests it. He experiences it when it says eat. That's what eat means throughout the Bible. You experience it. And he says it was sweet in my mouth, but bitter in my stomach. It is bittersweet. It is bittersweet to see people who are getting their tickets stamped to the highway to hell. And we don't want to see that we're all part of the human family, but look what they're doing to our planet and our and each other. We're annihilating each other through oppression, and through wars, and through famines, and pestilence, and, de- and, and deception. Because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. It's true. You turn to be a Christian, you watch the people come against you. I just had some church elder come around, and he just rattled me for hours. He didn't even have a Bible. He's just so steeped in tradition, self-pride. You know, I pray for this guy. I don't know if he was a rogue, a rogue church elder, or if he got sent out, but I'm going to find out because they're putting the young pastor. This guy's 23, young pastor. This church elder's been at that church 35 years. He said to me, I don't understand the parables. That's on you, man for not insisting upon your pastor to stop with the traditions and teach the Bible. That's on you. But the oppression of the wicked, they cast iniquity on me. Deceit. They're telling me, that Michael, if you, don't, if you don't want to participate in Easter, eat pork, uh, acknowledge Christmas, December 25th was Christ's birthday. All these things are lies, not in the Bible. All these things. Then, you know, what, what are you trying to change? Like, you have to be quiet in church, she told me. And he asked me what I was even doing in the prayer meetings. I'm like, holy dude. Like, this is a church of God, not the church of you, you egomaniac. They hate me. This guy can't stand me. And I'm not speaking for him. I'm just speaking by his attitude towards me. Like, we're sitting here with my Bible. i got the manuscripts. i got my lexicons, my microphone, my computer. And he walks in. And he just, he doesn't even got a Bible. He wasn't asking questions about the Bible. He was trying to say that he speaks in tongues. Like he speaks, this is what this guy said. And I pray for this guy. This is not in the Bible, dude. He says he says his prayers, it makes no sense, but God knows what he's saying. I said, listen to yourself, man. Can you document that you can babble, which is confusion, in your prayers, but God understands what you're saying, but you don't. So what, did God send you an email or a text message saying, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, that's just beyond all reasonables. So we have to have compassion on these people. They want to be Christian people, but no one's had to jam to stand there and teach the Bible. But they have to take responsibility for themselves too. And understand, it's one small book. It's called The Little Book. You drive it into you. You be somebody. It's sweet in your mouth to know that we have a way out, but it's bitter in our stomach knowing that all our brothers and sisters, so many of them, are just oblivious to the way out because they're so stuck in themselves of greed, gluttony, and attitudes of obscene entitlement. What's in it for me? What's in it for me? How can I benefit from this? My heart is sore pained within me. It's sad watching people that... uh, 
follow their heathen ways. And if people don't think the way they think, oh, they're automatically wrong. Like this guy took cheap shot after cheap shot at me, personal cheap shots. I was just like, I'm sitting here with the Bible open, and trying to, hey, can you document anything you're saying? Obviously not. Like, God allowed me to be biblically literate, and he allowed me to be a tough guy. And, yeah, it took, it took its toll. It wore me down. I lost sleep over it. It bothered me. But my heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. Yet the ways and things of the world are absolute hell. This is a testing period, a short period, our short little lives. God repented. That means he sighed with disappointment that he had to put us through this flesh age. Because it's, it's just absolutely brutal. We're just, all we are is the highest on the food chain. That's it. It's a short time period. God wants to know what's in your heart. You have to come to terms with what's inside of you. So your heavenly Father can reconcile you through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then I would fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness. Selah. Okay, I'm going to read the rest of this because of this thought here. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen the violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow are in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst of thereof. Deceit and guile do not depart from her streets. So David's saying here, it's back then, for examples to us, that we just like to fly away and step back. But, but then he does a silah, okay? And always remember, we're not calling David a fool here, but all these things, when you get stressed out, and I'm bad for it too to isolate myself. I just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna step back from society. I'm stepping back. I'm not gonna participate anymore, which is pretty much what I've done. But the fool is always looking over the fence, like something is better. Something is waiting for me. Like never to try and make the best of the situation that you have. Has God put me in this church so I can walk in there and just be gentle and kind and just say? When they get their traditions, say, can you please document that for me? But this guy gets all upset, you know. He's, he's just, dude, buddy's a stooge, straight up. But we pray for this guy because not all people are, are as limited in intelligence as he is. But I'm going to pray for this guy. And I was praying for this guy before he even came and showed up to see me. Like, this was off the cuff. No phone call, nothing, no text or whatever. And uh, you got to pray for these people. I'm not going to run away. I'm not going to run like like this because God gives us a salah here. And this is a thought link. I would hasten my escape, you know, from the spiritual storm, the ambush, the negativity, the deceit, from the windy storm and tempest that Isaiah spoke of over and over. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. This word divide also means cleave in the Hebrew language, depending on the way you use that verb. But it doesn't matter. It just means confuse their tongues. Like, get them tongue-tied. For I've seen violence and strife in the city. Now, I've read this, so let's go. What, what are we talking about? Deceit and guile depart not from her streets. Who is this? What do you mean, her streets? Revelation 17, verse 18 that's your glossary. Always translate within the Bible, never outside the Bible. And 
1718. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city. That's Satan's great sovereign kingdom around the world that he has now. The prince of the air, which reigneth over the kings of the earth. The great sovereign kingdom of Satan. It's called a woman because it is something that Satan possesses. Okay, it's the same thing said in Isaiah chapter 7. It's just like saying, well, people say to me, wisdom personified. Well, the word chokomo in the Hebrew for wisdom is feminine. And I say to them, all the verbs leading up to it are masculine, number one, but also that's something God possesses, things he possesses. He wants to possess like a virgin bride. Okay, he uses the analogy. There's no procreation in, in the heavenly bodies, in our spiritual bodies. So it's just something that he possesses. Right now, Satan possesses the world, and it's in the book of Revelation. It's like called the woman. The, the word woman is used in two ways in the book of Revelation. It's used woman as Mother Earth, and it's used woman of Satan's system, how he's wrapped up Mother Earth, and it's called the city, his great sovereign kingdom. That's why it says, depart not from her streets. All the deceit, guile, malice, and corruption. Verse 12, for it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Either was it that hated me that did magnify against me. So this is talking about the enemy within. This is talking about, I'll read the next bit, then I would have hid myself from him. Okay, so it keeps saying him, him, him. It's just, it's just using that uh, pronoun type of phraseology to try and bring it into English. It says she, the enemy within back then for David was his own acquaintance. With this uh, first, he had Anthropol who ratted him out. Like there's a lot of people came up against David when he was down and out. So this really refers to Anthropol because in the next verse, but it was thou a man of my equal, my guide, my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God in company. Remember Anthropol from uh, uh, the book of Samuel, what he did, and we just did the book of Samuel. So that was Second Samuel chapter 16, I believe. No. Well, you just find where Anthropol is written. I can't remember right now, but the enemy within. And that's what happens in the ways and things of the world. The enemy within the church, the enemy within society, which is, which is easy to identify, the one world political system, which is tied to the one world economic system, which is tied to the global media, the great liar of planet Earth, the great deception, and this one world religious system, mainstream religion, which is just destitute of truth, like even this, in this little church up here. Just destitute of truth. Somebody went there for 30 years and, and still can't read the Bible with understanding. There's a big problem there. People have to recognize their problem, confront it, and correct it by following the Lord Jesus Christ. And that means dropping all your self-pride. An enemy that reproached me, that I could have borne it. it. Because it's the enemy within. These are the same people. They will say and do anything maliciously arrogant people who will say or do anything as long as they see a benefit for themselves. What was Anthropol's benefit? Oh, you wanted to be up there at the top of the, of, of the governmental system. You know, it's always corrupt up there. You always get kickbacks and you get, you know, prestige. and Nothing's changed under the sun. Verse 15, let death seize upon them and let them go down quick into hell. For wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. 
uh, okay, let's talk about this. Never underestimate the power of of maliciously maliciously stupid people, like fools. Okay, in groups, especially in groups. Okay, and this is how David's praying. Like, let them go down quick to hell. Like, let's get on with the eternity here. Like, how much more? God knows. That will be done and will be in his own time. He has to give everybody a chance to get the evil out of them. And we can just see that we think we can govern ourselves, even though we have 100% failure rate at governing ourselves, our personal lives, all the way up to, you know, the worldwide governments. 100% failure rate without the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 16, as for me, I will call upon God and the Lord shall save me. There's your key verse there. As for me, as for you, as for all of us, whomsoever will, evening and morning, at noon, will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. You can pray wherever you are. Like in my workshop back when I was running masonry, I would sit there when I was driving with full of workers and praying, praying for everybody, praying for just always staying in touch with God. And he shall hear your voice. And when you're by yourself, you want to pray together with people, or when you're by yourself, make an earnest prayer. And understand, you have to repent and mean it. You have to cleanse yourself before you can speak to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he will declare your name to Father. He hath delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many with me. You deliver your soul in peace right now. You can't put a price on inner peace. After run-ins with corrupt fools, we go away in peace. With, with not any feelings of patronizing or condescending, the fool goes his way flustered. Hopefully it will drive them into God's word. And the, and the passive-aggressive fool, like the guy that came around here, you know, how is someone passive-aggressive? When they're getting angry, he tried to say I was angry. He tried to say I was boiling up. Trust you, you're getting mad at this right now. I can, I can see you're boiling up. Meanwhile, Buddy turned beet red. Buddy slammed his hand down on the table, and my little doggie took off. Like, she basically lives at my feet. Like, this guy was just a damn fool. But we pray for these people especially since they're in church and they're leading others astray through their traditions. And outside the church, people have their traditions. I'm going to go to work and I'm going to make sure I make money and invest it. And then I'm going to make sure I have, you know, my retirement of excess. Well, let me tell you something. Watch where that investment portfolio is. Is Are you making gain at the expense of others? At the expense of other people's human rights and dignities? At the expense of Mother Earth? Is your money in a hedge fund? What are you going to say when you meet the Lord Jesus Christ? Which is only in a few days. Like really, it's in a few hours considering the affairs of time. Infinity back, infinity forward. These little lives of the flesh that we have before we go back in our spiritual bodies. There's a lot hinging on this. We are the one-third that fell. As it's written in the book of Revelation. One-third the stars that used to sing for joy and please God and glory God together as it's written in Job 38 one third followed Satan we took Satan's ideals to one extreme or another selfish what's in it for me self-indulgence superficial attitudes of obscene entitlement we're talking about 
being part of this whole global growth. Like, yeah, I got to get in on that. I got to get in on that growth in the economy, growth in spending, growth in investment, progress, profit, consumerism, materialism. Like, it's destroying planet Earth, and it's oppressing billions of our brothers and sisters. Just so us here, Canada, United States, and Europe. Oh, so we can have a couple cars in the front, houses with extra bedrooms, maybe even an extra house, which you call a cottage. Like, who do we think we are, man? When you meet Jesus Christ, what are you, you going to say? Yeah, Jesus, I did good in business. Thank you for your blessings. I, I did good. He says, you were all about yourself. You oppressed others. And you're going to see the people you oppressed who are living near those mining towns, who are living near those sugar fields, who are living near all the two million children today engaged, forcefully engaged in child labor in the chocolate industry. You talk to your financial advisor or these bankers, hey, as long as it has a return, I don't care. Put money in it. As long as it has a return, that's what my clients demand. Don't be one of those clients. Be very careful what God expects from you. In these end times, it's written in the book of Peter, who's going to make it? Who, barely anybody, is going to make it into the kingdom of heaven? That's the saddest thing. That's why the word is bittersweet. And as it's written through this, it just feels like a horror. Like, we just feel so horrible what these people are doing to each other. Our human family, all God's children. Let's get down here to... That well, praying, he had delivered my soul in peace. Thank you, God. There's nothing, nothing you can value more than inner peace. You can't, you can't buy it. You have to live it. And the only way to live it is to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the ministry of salvation, your Savior, your Deliverer, your Redeemer, our kinsman Redeemer, for whomsoever will. 19, God shall hear and afflict them. Yeah, have you ever watched people with money? That's all they think about. They're worried about it. They pay homage to it. Religion and worship are almost the same word. They mean pretty much the same thing. It's what you pay homage to. It's what you think about. When Jesus Christ said to the rich guy, hey, give everything up and follow me. The guy just, he just folded like a cheap lawn chair. He was so upset. He went away just totally troubled. Let's see some people do that. Put your money where your mouth is if you think you're a real Christian person. What would you do if you had a ton of money that was all in, in these investments? Either get involved in the church, start a church, support a church. Like how much stuff do you need? How much things, materialism, consumerism. Remember God said, yeah, that's not your treasures. If that's your treasures, now you're watching, they're just going to rot. They're going to be a joke within a few years. I'll give you eternal life. And if you think you can get to eternal life by oppressing others, no matter how passively, aggressively you're doing it, be careful, man. Be careful. Your eternal soul's on the line. No, Nobody on the heaven side wants to see anybody on the hell side. We want to get on with the eternity, up to a universe, a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. All this fighting and division and chaos now. And these brutal farming companies. I, I knew Pfizer was going to get taken to court. I knew they were doing something terrible to us. Luckily, I didn't get that stupid vaccine, but it doesn't matter. God told me not to. I would never do it. 19. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old. Yeah, that says a lot there. doesn't matter who you think you are. Selah, thought link here. Because they have no changes. Yeah, they refuse to change. 
The elders in the church refused to change. We have been here for 30 years. Yeah, we've been here for 30 years. Where's your wife? Oh, she's on a ski trip. Yeah, you guys just have attitudes of obscene entitlement. Therefore, they fear not God. They don't fear God. They, they don't care. They're, it's lip service. They're called pedestrian Christians. Verse 20, He hath put forth his hands against such as be at peace with them. He hath broken his covenant. That's right. It's disloyalty. That's why it's called adultery and idolatry are almost the same thing. Adultery refers to the flesh, but it means the same thing as idolatry. You're not being faithful to God. If you're not being faithful to your wife or significant other, then, then how can you be faithful to God? God said, our Lord Jesus Christ said, if you break one commandment, you've broken them all. And when you think about that, it's true. You're not being faithful to God. You're not being faithful to the human family. You're all about yourself. That the words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but the war was in his heart. What, this, is a, this verse is gold. The words of the mouth, you know, these reckless, lawless people are smoother than butter. Satan's subtlety is deceit. But the war was in their heart. It's all about them, man. His words were softer than oil, yet, they were, yet were they drawn swords. Passive, aggressive behavior right there. Textbook definition. The biblical textbook definition of a passive-aggressive person. The words of their mouth are smoother than butter, but the war is in their heart, and they're coming at you with their swords. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteousness to be moved. Never acknowledge the traditions to fit in. Put the burden on the Lord. Say, Lord Jesus Christ, I pray to him. I'll tell you personally, what should I do about this? Should I go back to this church? Like like the Companion Chapel Church is something I opened a long time ago. And I'm up here by myself. I do one of these Bible teaching podcasts as often as I can. I call it a daily Bible teaching podcast because you can study it every day. And... You know, I'm waiting for people to come around, whomsoever will, and we could teach the Bible together, and that's what we want to do. You know, but but cast thy burden upon the Lord. I say to God, what should I do about this? Always seek him out and inquire of him to understand so you can stand. Trust the Lord or you won't be trusted. You confide in the Lord or you can't abide in the Lord. And you have unadulterated faith and belief in the Lord or you get no relief. And that's what this psalm is talking about. And I took that right out of the book of Isaiah. Thank you, Isaiah. Yo, the man. 23. But thou, O God, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days. But I will trust in thee. What's it mean? Is he going to off them in their flesh body? No. You know what? God won't violate the principles of free will. It says half their days. Yeah, they walk spiritually dead. Get a little bit of the Bible in you and then go off and just follow the TV preachers or just follow all your buddies or the traditions of men that have worked their way into the churches. You don't have the jam to stand up for the Bible. You're a flake. You're a slouch. Let me tell you something. I'm a little bit upset about having a visit like that. It was really upsetting because I'm all by, my, all by myself. I'm all by myself here. I felt like a target, what this guy was doing to me. Like he didn't even bring a Bible. He didn't want to sit and talk about the Bible. What do you want to talk about? I know what you want to talk about. You just want to pick on me, passively, aggressively. I will trust in thee. Trust or you won't be trusted. I want to thank you very much for listening. My name is Mike. This is Companion Chapel. Listen. 
please just send me an email, companionchapel at gmail.com, to say hi, how's it going, whatever. I'm up here, number 338, side road 28 slash 29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada, number 338, side road 28 slash 29. Send me a postcard, send me some mail, (coughs) excuse me, send me some cough drops. I want to thank you very much for listening. Please help with this podcast. Please help promote this podcast, share this podcast. If you want me to do video podcasts, whatever. Whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. This is my talent. I can go cover to cover in this book all day long for you, but I have no talent at anything else, barely even taking care of myself for the basic necessities. So any talent you have to help broadcast God's sacred word to the whole human family, get involved. I don't want anything. I'm not looking for any personal gain. And I've made that, I've proven it. I've been living with no electricity and running water for almost two years now. And all I want to do is teach the Bible for you because I love you. I love the whole human family. I might not love their thought patterns. That's for real. Or their intentions. Or what they do. But we're all part of, we're all God's children, all part of the human family. I love each and every one of you. And I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourself the greatest day. And bye for now.